Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But the days of searching the shelves for hidden gems and overlooked call classics is never ending. Join us while we drown in a sea of streaming options and ask the question, what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank. I'm Scott. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> it sure is a problematic movie now. Look, man, when's the last time you watched me, myself, and Irene? <laughs> I, I will say the worst part of Ace Ventura when I was a kid was I watched Blade Runner when I was super young mm-hmm. and uh, Dune. And Sean Young was like a big crush. And then it was like, there's her in her underwear. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And then they were like, giant penis. Yeah. Tucking. Uh, yeah. And I know that this is uh, me being as bad as the movie, but... I remember that being a weirdly traumatic moment. <laughs> it was a, how much did you did you watch that a lot as a kid? That's why I know what the song "The Crying Game" is. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> when he know. takes that shower. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. No. No. Those movies. Everything was just a little more raw then. I think when they thought something was funny, they were like, "I don't care. It's funny." It was the 90s, you know? We were after the squeaky clean, like, you have to like everyone 80s. And then you're to, uh, you know, the 90s where we're like, well, we don't care about your feelings. Yeah. If your feelings get hurt, you're being soft. Is it crazy to think that Dumb and Dumber was a kid's movie? No. Because I watch it now and I'm like, damn. Like, it's, some of that's it's more a Farley adult. Brothers movie. It's dark, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you see what they've made since then, but like at the time, it was well. That was was that after there's something about Mary or before it? Before I believe, but Dumb after and Dumber, Kingpin. Mm-mm. Kingpin was I think ninety six or ninety five. No shit, Dumb and Dumber I believe was ninety four, and then something about Mary had to have been probably ninety seven. But all those movies I, mean, I listed, I watched when I was a kid. Yeah, no, all yeah. of them, all day. Yeah, how many times? I, I loved it. Kingpin, but it's fucked up. When you watch it as an adult, <laughs> you're like, who let me watch this shit? Uh, oh. So the, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so the rehearsal. Okay, what's you, the you rehearsal? didn't look it up. It's Nathan Fielder's new show, Nathan for you. Mm-hmm. He, I've seen uh, I've seen it on something. It's because I was like, oh, it's that's on a- HBO Max. It's okay, an HBO so I've, Max. Series. I've seen it on there, but I didn't even like look at the info. It's fucking elaborate, dude. Is it? Oh my god! It, what is- it's the same shtick, sort of. It's people who are going to have tough moments in their life. And he meticulously designs a set and they rehearse the moment that this is going to happen. And I believe that throughout the entire series, he's also having a woman who's like every week her test kid. I'm holding my breath. (laughs) Her like test. She is trying to decide whether she wants to have a baby or not. Mm -hmm. And so he sets it up as a rehearsal. And every week the child ages three years. But then there's all these child labor laws in it. It's so complicated. And only three episodes have aired so far. Is and it cringy awkward the way Nathan for you yeah. was just as much? Yeah, but uh this is far more elaborate. Okay. Like it's like where Nathan for you would accidentally become elaborate. This is like that with HBO budget. Cool. So it's it goes big. Some people probably can't handle that shit. Uh Kelly didn't like Nathan for you, but she was into this. See, Olympia this was a was little Nathan's, crazier. She just did not like how incredibly awkward you felt at all times. Yeah. Just. Oh, and we should mention Frank is uh, a little sick. I'm a little sick. We yeah. talked about it, but we didn't record it. You sound kind of good. It's kind of it's kind of sexy. No, I mean, it's a different level. It's a different <laughs> level. Like I said, I can hit those smash mouth notes. 
Um, yeah, and you seem to have the energy though. So, well, I got it together for this because like it was either happening tonight or it wasn't happening this week. We can't afford this. <laughs> fucking now or never. Fucking. <laughs> I'm a football player. You yeah, pump up the volume. But I was like, oh my god, there's because I remember us talking about Nathan for you when it was first coming on, and uh, it, it took me a little while. It took me a little while to check it out. But then when I finally checked it out, I was down. It, this is so crazy. You okay. should. You really need to check this out. I'll see it. Uh, What'd you watch this week? Oh, um, so there's a new Scream out on Paramount Plus. I want to see it really bad. I, I really do. So, I, and they have all the Scream movies on there right now, but they're all, I've been looking and I've been wondering, should I do it? Should I, it's been a while and I want to. The little thing popped up. All of them are leaving August 31st. So it's now or never. Leaving Paramount? Paramount Plus. Oh, that means that they're coming to me anytime now. Unless they do that weird split up shit where it's like three go to Netflix, one goes to Hulu, one goes to Amazon. Well, I only need the one. You just need the new one. Yeah. Oh, recently-ish. I, I want to say on our honeymoon, I think we watched uh, Scream 4. 4? Which I've only seen once. Yeah, because we watched it. We went on our honeymoon. Was that your first time? Over Halloween. So yeah. it, we were like up in the mountains watching fucking horror movies nonstop, which is honestly what we did last time we went to Colorado. We went and stayed in the Stanley Hotel and mm-hmm. we just watched horror movies the whole time. It was October. Oh, that sounds so nice. It was awesome. Those rooms are not worth what they cost as far as a hotel room goes uh-huh. but staying in it is is pretty worthwhile no creepy chick in your bathtub uh no damn i mean actually you know i didn't worry about that as much as i they have their own ghosts <laughs> they're not the shining ghosts they've got know? their own ghosts yeah they, they have the og ghosts are a little more <laughs> apparently in stephen king's suite there uh-huh. it's not a it's not like that it's like a housekeeper that died there and she doesn't like unmarried couples so she like messes with the men that's Ooh. that's one of the like ghosts in the hotel and the ghost tour was spooky man like it got okay. us a couple times that, like doors would creak and stuff and you were like was that staged and he'd be like go look at the door and you'd like go look at it and you'd be like yeah no, no i don't think so i've never been on a ghost tour it's on the list it was spooky and especially it was, it was like 12 people that's a great place to do it though oh it was great and it starts at like 10 o'clock at night like super dark outside and uh takes you building to building the Stanley. It's crazy. Just, I'm sure there's plenty of them around Texas. It, it's a spooky hotel. I have lots of stories of that trip being <laughs> weird. Weird children in the hallway and didn't see a kid the whole fucking time we were there. Never know what you're going to find in the walls. Um, Yeah. I mean, so yeah, the screams, I'm catching up, going through those. Watched the Bob's Burgers movie. It was good. I'll watch that. When it was good. Just there for free. They did it well. Started the new Woodstock documentary that's on Netflix. Oh, I want to see that. It's I very, do want to see Did you that. watch the one on HBO Max? I did not. My, I have friends that went to that Woodstock, though, mm-hmm. like people I knew. They were, I met them later and stuff like that, but I had never heard stories from it. I just watched it on MTV. I remember uh, Trent Reznor being like, Fred Durst can surf a piece of plywood straight up my ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew what I thought I knew about that Woodstock, and then I watched the HBO doc, learned so much more. He has and a I lot of perspective. Rape. Yeah, and a lot of it was uh, the bro factor. Yeah. You know, you look at who the majority of that crowd base was. From a from a retrospective standpoint, mm-hmm. I kind of like that the generation that had Woodstock, it was all like peace and love. I'm sure there was plenty of shit you don't hear about as they it's tried, romanticized. They tried to have that aspect, but just the crowd would was not allowing I it. think it's funny that 
marketing went to package that for our generation and then charged us money for water and we burned it to the fucking ground, which is kind of awesome. Check out the documentary. It touches on every point you just brought up. That's awesome. And more. Okay, great. And if, you know, really, if you want to do that HBO one, the Netflix one is good. I'm on one of three, almost done. But the HBO one opened my eyes and this one is on the same page from what I've seen so far. Okay. Um, Other than that, it was, oh, the new Hellboy. How was it in comparison to the old ones? Let's say in comparison with the second two, the sequels. Uh, you know, I think Ron Perlman, that cast was just good. And it had its own. This one has a different feel. I, f- I think what they tried to do was capture everything that wasn't captured in that first set of movies. Perlman was amazing, though. He was. You can't beat that. But I, I love that. I love fucking, what's it, David Harper? I like him. I want to see him in more stuff. Yeah. It, it, was, uh, it was good. It didn't draw me in. I watched it. I was cool with it. But I'd probably watch the other Hellboys before I'd watch that again. It didn't need to happen. It didn't. Some things age pretty good. Yeah. You know, like uh, the third Blade movie. I thought it was terrible when it came out. I still haven't watched it again. It's been on so much the stuff. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And uh, Jessica Biel? But I like it as a superhero movie. Being post a Marvel Cinematic Universe, looking back at that, that Blade movie was pretty good as far as things go. It's just compared to that fucked up dark first one which i did watch just recently i've watched it in the last two or three months that one was so batman like so dark steven dorf yeah oh and that when that guy gets taken outside in the sun the guy who's also in ace ventura yes yes (laughs) very 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 well he's got those eyes (laughs) (laughs) no um yeah it it was hardcore and yeah what do they wear like some uv cream under some motorcycle helmets yeah i liked it that know. was a good touch. I'm and like, Steven Dorff is good. Yeah, he's fine. You know, what was that movie, The Gate, back in the day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, that was Steven Dorff. With the hole in the yard? With the hole yeah, in the yard. Yeah, that was fucked up. You know, that kid had a closet God, full of toys. That was like a scary moment in my childhood. I haven't thought about it in years. Yeah, I'm glad I could bring that back for you. Yeah, I dig it. It came on TV a ton when I was little. Yeah, that's what up there with the beginning of Flight in the Navigator for me. But like, he had a closet spooked. full of toys that were in the boxes. I will never forget that because I thought... All his toys are in boxes. That's cool. I remember and, thinking that, uh, like, how do you play with those? Yeah, you know, every time I'd see that when I was a kid. I still to this day. I think it's cool if you have a huge action figure collection. Uh huh. I think it's great. But how do you do that? With, not take them out and play with them and shit. Dude, all my shit is in boxes in the attic. I'm a grown ass man. I'm gonna play with some action figures. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm gonna hit you up when I go through those boxes. Every now and then, I'll build a model, <laughs> and when no one's around, I'm. <laughs> Dude, I got G.I. Joe's Micro Machines. Oh, I watched uh, Uma. Uma. Eh, it's all right. It looked a little TV-ish. Started really scary. Uh-huh. Uh, really, really scary in the beginning of it. Like, I was like, ooh, grudge vibes. You oh, know? Oh, nice. Like, uh, it had that pace, though. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I don't know how much Japanese horror you've watched, but there's a lot of it that kind of peters out. At the end. And it had that Asian horror feel. You were the person who probably pushed the most on me. I'd go over to your house and we'd watch something. I think it went too hard, too fast, too long. And then it stopped being scary. And that was what the my issue was. With. Did they show you the monster? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, the monster is her mom. So, I mean, like, it's uh, like you know, that's, that's the whole deal. Was it clear that it was her mother, not like a Gretel and Hansel thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. We don't want to get yeah, mixed up no, as to who is who. There was no sort of overlap with that. Jesus. Don't take me back. I thought there was real hope for Gretel and Hansel. Uh, It was fine. Not great. Still fine. I Just the thing got me. Who, yeah. Who's the mom? We who randomly was? watched Independence Day, and Kelly realized she hadn't seen it since it was in the theater. I watched that shit once a year. 
Uh, it's been, it might be 15 years since I've seen that movie. I watch it every 4th of July weekend. Oh, really? Like every 4th of July break, I'm watching Independence Day at least once. It's my ritual. It was still good. I, I did, uh, I was like, this isn't as, I made the mistake of watching it in ultra high def. All of the uh, fire was pixelated. Because, like, the frame rate couldn't handle it or something. uh, The jet and the small alien ship fight scenes, those were what hurt me the most. Yeah, that that too. Yeah. But I deal with it. I put up No, it's fine. I remember it. We went and saw that Fourth of July weekend. Just go watch Independence Day Resurgence because it's the same movie but newer. I don't know if I want that, though. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't seen it. It's the same movie but newer. Slightly different plot. But it's basically the same thing. Sorry to say it. If anybody disagrees, I'll let me probably know. I will watch it eventually. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not running to it. It was very pretty. You know, you're not going to get that pixelation in the fire and resurgence. You know, the the pixelation it didn't ruin it for me. I still got a little emotional when Bill Pullman gave that speech. Today is our Independence Day. <laughs> I thought you were going to start from the beginning. <laughs> oh no no no! I was like, oh shit, he's, he there's knows so, the whole fucking. There's speech. so many good ones in there. Welcome to Earth. Don't make me cry on the podcast, Frank. <laughs> I'm gonna try something, Stevie. <laughs> like, Tell my kids I love them. <laughs> Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. <laughs> no, um, but it was really good. Jeff Goldblum uh, is so handsome in that. I love that man. Me too. I want to hug him. Working at the store downtown when South By came through, somebody there got to like hang out and have coffee with him till really late in the morning and they were telling us about it. Were you there for that? No, no. Jeff Goldblum and was it Hannibal Burris? It was like two, like Jeff Goldblum. Like they didn't seem like they were meant to be together. Yeah, but they were at some (laughs) coffee shop and somebody that was working with me was like, dude, so we just chilled around him and like we talked to like two, three in the morning. And I said, like, that must have been fucking spectacular. But here's what I think would happen is, uh, if me or you met Jeff Goldblum, we'd probably be with our wives when that happened. And he would be like, oh, yes, thank you. Hello. And then he would flirt with your wife right in front of you. I feel like he's got that like, I'm so glad Jeff Goldblum hasn't gotten me too yet because <laughs> <laughs> the man is just uh, asking for I it. had this conversation with my stepmom just a week ago. He's so like, mm, uh, um, uh, But it's tasteful uh, and women appreciate it. Is it tasteful? Well, I don't know. We don't think we get to make that decision. I've seen, I've seen <laughs> women in the industry comment on this everybody's like he's just such a lovable man like they're all it's just the way he goes well, right about on. it yeah i've heard jody foster say the same thing yeah, yeah. Every, i mean it was literally a topic for a minute and so i heard women speak about yeah he's a little yeah, touchy. i guess what when i think about it i think about him doing it to conan o'brien hmm? every time he'd go on conan o'brien he would be like oh oh what's this suit made of and he'd like touch conan and conan would be like I'm sure it was a bit because they know each other and it happened multiple times. If I wore nice suits, Jeff Goldblum could definitely stroke my suit. Oh, I feel like if you walked up to Jeff Goldblum in like a velvet shirt, he would touch your chest for sure. Oh, like I, in, I, I don't think he could control himself. The man is tasting his words as he talks. <laughs> he's, did, he's, I think he's got a show on something called The World According to Jeff Goldblum and he does different topics. Yeah. I started one he, that got he's interrupted. He's nominated for an Emmy for it. Too. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. It's on Apple TV. Oh, I get it on Disney Plus. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Because I think it's Nat Geo. That was at that time. Uh, when Disney Plus came out, if you bought an Apple product, you got Disney Plus and Apple TV for free for a while. So now all of that shit is crossed in my brain. What's on what? We got like a Hulu Disney ESPN bundle. Yeah. And I mean, you have Apple TV now because you bought a phone. So. I know. I have three free months. I need to activate Severance. That. I know. There's several. Well, I'm ready to fucking chunk the Roku in the living room, so we'll have to make it official. Fuck the Roku in the living room. Don't buy the top dollar Roku. I just told my mom not to buy a fucking Roku. I was like, they're pieces of shit. 
Don't do it. We Not got a mad good at the Fire Stick, but uh, so we bought the higher end Roku. I told you it's got yeah. the headset thing. It's in the like controller. they were the first company, and so they've just kind of skated on that. It's garbage. Yeah, it's garbage, man. It's it was their like remotes are shitty plastic and. The clippy thing on the battery broke within the first month. Yeah, and why your remote is not a pair of jeans? Why does it have a tag on it? <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if I've ever thought it out loud. I fucking hate that. It is weird. I don't like it. There's no reason for that. It just makes me fuck with it when I'm sitting on the couch. I don't know. I went back to my childhood, though, where you used to have like four remotes for some reason. You know, like sound system, TV, yeah. VCR, something else. I do like the headphone thing on the remote. It didn't work. Oh, that's fucked up. It worked once. That's like the only good thing. I know. That's part of why I bought it because the little one was little and I thought, oh, I can watch TV on the headset, you know, like some earbuds. Yeah. It worked once and it was very quiet up all the way. Like it sucked. And then I have not gotten it to work again. I've tried here and there, different headsets, plug, you know, nothing. <laughs> Fucking 100, 120 bucks down the drain. I thought that was a great investment. Nope. That's crazy. Yep. Never again. I feel like I watched something else. I was just, uh, we watched like four episodes of Banshee last night. I love it. Ex-Con becomes a small town sheriff. Oh, shit. I've seen previews for that. I Who's... told you to watch it in yeah. a previous episode. That's what it was? <laughs> who, who is it again? It's Homelander. That's right. Yeah, HBO Max. Three seasons. Banshee. Ten episodes a season. Uh, that shit is rated 8.5 on IMDb. No fucking way. Yeah, and when you start it, you'll be like, really? 8.5? Uh, it, so i mean it must get i'm four or five episodes deep now and uh it's fucking batshit crazy banshee 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 yeah but you can see the production improving as it goes because it was an early cinemax series mm. <laughs> you know? so it's a little uh there's lots of fucking which you know i'm always in favor of sense. cinemax they've got that emmanuel money that Emmanuel money. Yeah, you Man, know. That, I do. I was a fucking video store clerk. We had all of them. Emmanuel in space. We we definitely had that. We had a lot of like, uh, we had a lot of softcore porn. Like We didn't have a porn section with a curtain and stuff like that. It was I, mixed in. But I, I did work in that kind of video. It wasn't mixed in. It had a section. Oh, you had a section? It had a section that was oh. in the very back corner of the store, small on the wall, but it was like... It was so weird. It was the like I'd rent them every now and then just because I would be like, these are way weirder than they are porn. Yeah. You know? And they were all softcore. What was the what was the section at Blockbuster? It was something interest. Do you remember that? I feel like it was called something interest. I think it was just called special interest. Special interest. Yeah, I think yeah. that was it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Red Shoe Diaries section. Well, I feel like they had faces of death at one point. Oh, they did. Which yeah. was fucking I crazy. Remember. That's I remember people that. dying. Yeah. On VHS. Yeah, because I remember somebody I was with rented Faces of Death and then spent the entire night trying to convince me to watch it. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I think I'd seen I'd seen small things online, but I never actually watched like one of the whole tapes or anything. Mm -hmm. um, God, I think it goes back to Slipknot's original website. They had some sick stuff on that website. Oh, yeah. They were fucking brutal back in the day you'd put together this puzzle like, say what you want about who slipknot became but when no. that shit like first came out they they were not marketing shit to like I teenage new metal kids it that was, was when that you, fucking metal yeah it was when you had to put the entire website address into the bar you know yeah and then you'd go and they had this like puzzle of the week and it was a picture that was in and when you put it together it was some of the most graphic shit i'd ever seen in my life up oh, until that yeah. point Tool used to do shit like that, too, where there were, like, hidden links all over their website. Mm -hmm. I miss those heyday websites. With my website, I wanted to do shit like that, but it's like... Oh, God, yeah, know, there was one. People no one's going to do that anymore. No one's going to spend that much time on a website, especially now with 
you know, taking marketing stuff and well, doing and it for work and stuff. So I'm easily. like, nobody's going to fucking hunt Yeah, the down shock the value's thing. gone. A lot of people are kind of numb to it at this point. It doesn't have the same effect. Faces of Death at Blockbuster, though. I'm not sure if Hollywood ever in its history... I'm sh- I don't know if it ever in its history had an adult area. Not during my time at the end, that's for sure, but... No, there was never porn at Blockbuster or Hollywood, Hollywood. or anything like that. My sort of video store would have. It just didn't. I think it was a little too family-oriented yeah. as far as neighborhood You know, movie, thing goes. movie gallery in Elgin had the, <laughs> the curtain. I love had the curtain. <laughs> Did it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's... Because when I first got a membership at I Love, I always did it just because I always wanted to. Like just I, go I'd back go there. back there, rent a fucking porn, and take it home. And I'd be like, this is uh, really long. Why? Oh, wow, porn, or, porn is long. <laughs> got to get, <laughs> get that story just right. Yeah. <laughs> Keep I was looking arrested. for pages of boobs buried in the woods by hunters. I didn't need an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think like people are just making their way slowly through a VHS tape of porn? Just pop. Oh, that's enough. Imagine having to adjust the tracking in that. Like, oh, man, hold on. Oh, man. <laughs> the button one way and the other. Like, God, hurry. Come on. Ah. That's why I think uh, VR porn is not sustainable is because like low battery. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like all fun and games till you take the visor off and you're like, oh, man, it hit the TV. <laughs> oh, the amount of paranoia that would come with that. Where like you've cut all your senses off, but you're just, uh, you know. Naked masturbating. Speaking of something about Mary, you have that Ben Stiller moment. Like, where'd it go? <laughs> For sure. You pull it up. Just blinded by all of it. I'll jump on that train when they it's full immersion, <laughs> like in fucking some of those movies where you go to a place and get a pod or something. You got a black light next to the couch just to kind of like spot shine everywhere to see what's up. Oh, oh man. Oh man. Or you know, it's a week later. You're like, what's the dog licking on the floor? And you're like, oh, oh, no kisses for you, boy. God. <laughs> <laughs> so you we watched the counselor this week i feel like this uh i'm gonna label this one split decision because of the way you've just presented how you felt about it yeah it's not a witches in the woods situation not the same thing i just we can talk about it i dug this movie i liked it more the second time and uh then i in passing kind of watched it today to it had so much potential so much i thought it had what i wanted in it what i put down in my notes was execution i felt as if it wasn't executed to its fullest i will say i think some of uh some of this movie could have been a little bit shorter some of the fat could have been trimmed off of it and i thought it would have improved it i wouldn't have changed too much though yeah i really liked what i got out of it and because i think this movie's a fucking onion the the more you look at it the more you're like oh all of this every scene felt like it had something to do with the overall idea to me and the more i looked at it and the more i thought about it over the last you know i watched it sunday Mm -hmm. so the last few days i've just been thinking about this movie i didn't even look up i don't have a lot of trivia about this movie or anything like that this one stuck with me for days and uh, i wanted to kind of re-familiarize myself to make sure that my ideas were still the same today this still goes down in history and i said this i don't know if i said it on the podcast but i've definitely said this multiple times this movie has one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever of all time we're going to talk about that after the summary yeah we'll talk about it is it the one that i thought it is that i think it is i think it probably is (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean that was unique um that's that's Yes, it was. Yeah, it's the got it. Yeah. yeah. And okay, I, do the summary. Okay, I have polarizing reviews on this too that we'll get to at the end, which I think uh, I feel like we're going to be 
on the sides of these, so I'm glad I grabbed them. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. He's Frank still has not revealed to me exactly how he feels about the movie or what it really is. That I kind of just it had so much potential to me. I, I talk shit about a lot of the reviews of different things lately, but I went to you know Rotten Tomatoes and I looked at how much this movie grossed a lot. So it's really weird. I think it was just over like something like 17 million US and Canada. Mm -hmm. And then over 50 million rest of the world. So combined over 70. But the rest of the world was seeing something that the US and Canada didn't. They saw something in this film. I think that's what I saw. And yeah, but then, you know, let's go to Rotten Tomatoes. You look at the audience score and the critic score. I will say that of most of the movies we do, most of them are for entertainment. And I think that's why you go to the movie. You know, that that's like what brings you to a movie. Sometimes I want literary merit mm-hmm. out of a movie. I want to think about it for a long time and figure it out. And uh, that's why I kept watching fucking Lost Highway over and over again. Was I was hoping it was in there. I'm not sure it is in Lost Highway. <laughs> this one has it, though, because I keep I saw a little more every time. See, in my mind, this was not the same style by any means as Traffic or Crash. Oh, no. Or Sicario. No. It was a different feel than any of those. But those were all more well done than this in my mind. I could only compare this to No Country for Old Men. Because it's the same sort of storytelling. I can see a touch of that. You're not fully attached to any of these people. Most of them don't even have names. Well, our our main What's character of my... focus was the counselor. What's H- his name? Hence the title. <laughs> they never say his name in the entire movie. There's multiple characters in this movie who don't have a name. Here's the summary. Yeah, and I'll, let's, I'll let's try to do, get let's through. Let's do summary. The I moment. tried to be as concise as possible because it is kind of hard to explain what the plot of this movie is. Exactly. If, if you, especially, I'm always looking for the pattern in the plot. <laughs> and you can't do that in a fucking Cormac McCarthy book. I do think this was a great Ridley Scott movie. But I think if the Coen brothers had done it, they would have latched on to some of the nuances in a better way than he did. Also, his brother died halfway through this movie, so who knows how much post-production got attended to. That also, gets... the assistant director died, mm. so this is a poltergeist. <laughs> Maybe that's why I feel like it was missing the mark. Most of my complaints about this movie have to do with uh, this scene ran a little long, this conversation could have been trimmed down, stuff like that, but at the same time, I like the conversations. I like some of these longer scenes We'll talk about it. We'll yeah, talk yeah, more yeah. about it. I was going to say something, but yeah, we'll do summary. I don't know how or where exactly the spoiler warning should happen with this movie. Uh, I don't know that you will necessarily super enjoy talking about, uh, listening to us talk about this movie, if you have no frame of reference to it whatsoever. I but I don't gonna know. it's going to be kind of hard to talk about. Yeah, so I'm, I tried to make the, this uh, summary as concise as possible, so I kind of forced myself to run down what is the idea of this movie, or what's it about. Because there's not a hero's journey feel to this. This is almost like circumstance and things sort of fall apart. For You're looking for like a reason any of this shit's happening a lot in this movie. And I don't think there necessarily was a reason. No, there was really no point of focus. I mean, I, I got it. I yeah, got well, what I, they were trying to That's do. the thing is I think maybe the point of focus had more to do with the theme than it did the people. There were easier ways to do it. There were. There always are. That's the problem with Cormac McCarthy. He's not going to let you off easy. But it, And he it, wrote this movie. It you know? wasn't his, like I said, the potential. I Broken record. But I didn't feel, oh man, I just can't even think of a good word. I didn't feel complete. I felt like something was missing. And I was so close to wanting to love it. So The Counselor was written by Cormac McCarthy, directed by Ridley Scott, and stars Michael Fassbender, Javier Bardem, 
Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, and Brad Pitt. There are lots more people in this. John Leguizamo was in this, and he's not in the credits. Oh, he's not? Not in the credits at all. Neither was uh, Councilman Select Rainey, whatever, uh, the guy from Breaking Bad. Yeah, um, live fire exercise. We mentioned him before. (laughs) Hank. Yeah, Hank. High-level lawyer from Texas, known only as the counselor, gets engaged to his girlfriend, Laura. He flies to Amsterdam to purchase a diamond so big she'll be afraid to wear it. Meanwhile, somewhere in Mexico, a shipment of cocaine is packaged in barrels and hidden inside a sewage truck. The counselor returns to El Paso where he visits club owner Reiner and his girlfriend Malkina. Crazy fucking names in this. Reiner and the counselor discuss the counselor's first ever investment in the Mexican drug trade. Reiner talks about his mistrust of his girlfriend, played by Cameron Diaz, and the execution device called a bolito, which gradually strangles and eventually decapitates its victim. After delivering his investment to West Ray, played by Brad Pitt, who warns him the cartels are merciless, often as far as going to make snuff films, he visits an inmate named Ruth who is on trial for murder. She explains that her son is a biker and he was arrested for speeding. The counselor agrees to bail him out as a favor. During this, Malkina sees an opportunity. She employs a man called the Wireman to help steal the drug shipment. This results in the death of the biker, recently bailed out by the counselor. Be it coincidence or not, the cartels become suspicious of the counselor's involvement. All parties involved scatter, resulting in bloodshed in every direction. There's not really much more I could say without telling you every detail of this movie, because it's a lot of things happening at once, which I think the first time I watched it, I liked it because I like the dialogue a whole lot so many things are happening at once it is jarring sometimes while at the same time the scenes really take their time but it wasn't that fast pace no it wasn't fast pace at all but every single scene in this movie i felt like it, it served the main idea and i really i really felt the relationship opening the way it did with them in bed which this was one of the hottest scenes in a movie i think i've ever seen yeah she They're, was like open your eyes no, I, that was from Vanilla Sky. I know it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, it was different. But when he's like, she's like, I should clean up down there. When he tells her to put his beautiful face between her legs. Yeah. He goes, I don't want you to. I was like, this is fucking hot, dude. Yeah, he's okay with morning breath. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> I got the feeling that the diamond, him buying the diamond for her right after that was slow. I could see how you would lose some people here. I tried it the night before I watched it. I fell asleep right there. Oh, really? No shit. I feel like that diamond scene is one of the most important scenes in the movie. I rewound it and rewatched the whole thing the next morning when I picked it up. Yeah, the amount of subtext that happens, him talking about the impurities of the diamond and what adornment is, had a lot to do with what this movie was about. We find something pretty and we adorn it with this diamond to make it even more beautiful because we we want it to be the most beautiful it could possibly be. And then I think a lot of this movie had to do with uh, this man who was about adorning things his life was largely about like i'm gonna build this club with this guy and i have this beautiful wife and greed yeah greed that's what i'm saying you can break this down a lot by simplifying i think that's what cormac mccarthy writes about a lot so i feel like i signed up for that and i also knew that it wasn't going to be quite as action-packed as no country for old men as far as things go well we had one car chase we had multiple beheadings yeah there was a lot of beheading so i thought this movie gave both one of the greatest sex scenes in a movie i've ever seen and it was the opener the greatest 
murder I've ever seen and the most erotically disgusting scene in a movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm down to time. What was the second one there? What was it? What did you do? The, the greatest murder sequence I've ever seen. When Just they, one of the best. The car chase? The bolita. Oh, that. Because that's the, the big thing with this movie. I think this movie is the bolita. Well, there's several other things that I just keep wanting to say. We can get the, to that later. How the I, diamonds yeah. go to the beginning and the end of the movie. The diamonds go to the beginning and the end of the movie. Like, uh, that's cool. But That speech he's giving in, when he's buying the diamond about uh, what we look for is imperfection. Yes. That was beautiful to me. Oh, no, I agree. That line, that whole little section of that first at the diamond dealer. I think it goes too long because I don't think the counselor gets it. Like he, I don't think he sees the imperfection in the diamond. And he's like, I think I see it. Yeah. And I think that's that's the most telling thing about his character in this movie. I don't want to watch another movie with Michael Fassbender with an American accent again. <laughs> but he does Magneto have an American accent? I don't think so. I think it's a little... I think he's British. Yeah. 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 He, or he's at least very distinguished. I've just seen him in so much and not doing the American thing. I mean, I'm not Doesn't saying David have an American accent in Prometheus? It's proper English. If, you know, like that whole 20s like that, were affluent that, thing. That accent that never existed in this country. That people made up <laughs> yeah, as part made of up the, for yes, movies. Yes. yes. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't Yeah, that, maybe a little bit. Um, but this was just too, and, and this is not what, what killed it for me whatsoever. It's just one of those things that kept, it was like the singing in Paradise Hills. It's <laughs> a weird comparison. I didn't like it. <laughs> That's what I'm getting to. His American accent. It's oh, like, his American accent. Okay. Yes, yes. His American accent is how I felt about the singing in Paradise Hills. And I think Hills. it would have been fine if uh, multiple characters in this movie were, you know, he didn't need to do a Texas accent. He didn't need to do a Texas accent, even though he's from Texas, you know. Well, yeah. Roundabout way. Well, he didn't even need to be from Texas. He could be a lawyer practicing in Texas and be from anywhere. Well, but they made it in El Paso and his car had Texas license plates. Yeah. Cameron Diaz in this movie is scary. She's fierce. Cameron Diaz, as a woman, scares the fuck out of me, man. She pulled JT for years. Dude, that scene in Vanilla Sky, we may have to cover it one day because I'm not positive whether Vanilla Sky was good or not. I've never seen the original, but... uh. I know it intrigued me enough to where I've watched it more than once. Back when that hit, 2001, 2002, I watched it several times senior year. I really? don't know what it was. Yeah, I've watched that yeah, movie more than Yeah, there's something about that movie that it demands a rewatch, but also I'm, I'm not sure. One of my first movies on DVD. Really? Vanilla Sky. Wow. I think it might have been one of the first seven. Wow. I bought seven DVDs when I bought my first DVD player, and I'm pretty sure I can remember all seven. Uh, Mall Rats was the first DVD I ever bought. I don't think I ever had it on DVD. I think I still have it on VHS somewhere. Wow. That'd be cool if I could find it. I think it. I might have Clerks on VHS still. I have Clerks on VHS still. I have the Clerks cartoon on VHS. <laughs> Almost too late for that to be a thing. For some reason, I have Sin City on VHS, and I really think I bought it because I was like, what the fuck? Why is that on VHS? That was when you still had the VHS DVD option. That was right at the end. No one was releasing VHS by then. By the time Sin City came out. But fucking Cameron Diaz and Vanilla Sky scared the fuck out of me. That scene in the car where she drives off the fucking bridge. Yeah, unhinged chick all day. Holy fuck. And so this, I, I did read a little bit of trivia. This was originally cast as Angelina Jolie. Mm. And she had some, I maybe she had, you know, freaked out and went and adopted a kid or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> She was like, uh, no, she's still rolling. Well, she was money. signed up to do that. I even think they may have filmed some of it with her mm -hmm. and then had to refilm it. But uh, Cameron Diaz was much better for this part. She's scary as fuck, man. She freaks me out. Something about Mary. 
<laughs> I like saying that in like a scary voice. Both Charlie's Angels movies are on HBO Max right now. I've seen the first one. Uh, you haven't seen Full Throttle? No, I, I didn't see Full Throttle. <laughs> Lucy Liu bothers me, despite the fact that I did watch a lot more of Elementary than I expected. Well, wait, to. was Justin Theroux in the first or second one? I in think the first was, one. He was in the first one? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the, oh, second one is Crisper Glovin? Yes. Oh, yeah. I know that, but I haven't I haven't seen it. I almost watched that uh, newer Charlie's Angels movie. The, oh, and with then Kristen I, Stewart? Yeah, I pulled back at the last second. Yeah, and I was man, like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, I can't do it. Keep underwater in your mind. She did good. Underwater there. was the shit. That was awesome. That oh was my god, fucking awesome! That was one of the first movies I watched after you gave me your HBO Max password. <laughs> I was like, underwater, fuck yeah! Javier Bardem was fucking phenomenal in this movie, as he I is in pretty how, much everything. I love how douchey they made him look to fit that part. That tan was the tan crazy. With that fucking hair. Yeah, and then he was fucking cheetahs. Yeah, and then those clothes. That's that guy. That's believable. I did think the cheetahs were underused. Cheetahs should have been around a little more. Yeah. I don't know how many days they had those cheetahs, but but that was they like were a, trained really well. That was like a I great was petting team. them. Just yeah, that, it was probably a trainer, but he's just sitting there petting them. Well, and when they're hunting the rabbits, they're watching the cheetahs hunt the rabbits. I thought that was great because that's telling you who these people are. Yeah, they're just making drinks. That's so Texas, man. Yeah, that's Texas money. Like, let's go out and watch the fucking big cats chase the yeah, rabbits. I feel like that character was even more impactful in a post Tiger King world. You know. Well, because this movie was 2013. There are so many big cats in Texas owned privately. I think it's supposedly more than there are in the wild now. Oh, well, I mean, nationwide, yes, as a whole. We Texas, went to a, though, is big on it. Oh, yeah. We went to a sanctuary in Arkansas, and so they had these maps laid out of hot spots and whatnot. And mm -hmm. we even got this cool checklist of when you're going to visit a place like that. It's little things that tell you, hey, is this place legit and on the level? Or is this place sketchy as fuck and they got it from one of these big cat guys that you're seeing on the Netflix documentary? I mean, I'm scared <laughs> of regular cats, so. I mean... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, it's no, the number. And then the stories, man. I mean, they're finding fucking like jaguars and apartments in the Bronx. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, dude. man. Um, It's they're fucking everywhere. It's and the thing is, they're not even that expensive. That's what's really scary. Like, you don't necessarily have to have money. You have to have money to have like a nice habitat, you know, show them off to your buddies when they come out and drink at the ranch. Yeah, but plenty of people don't have that, even in Texas. Yeah, you got some guy like low level like. Also, if you have a fucking anything living outside here. You're an asshole. Well, yeah, the dude with the Jaguar in the Bronx apartment. That dude was probably some low-level, you know, Yeah, I don't dealer. care if it's from Africa or anything like that. Like, there's water in Africa. <laughs> there is no water here. <laughs> no, man. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll quit talking about, you know, save the big cats. I'm not saying Carol Baskin's cool, but save the big cats. I did like watching that story unfold, though. I never saw Tiger King, but I followed it as all that shit was happening. You gotta watch like, that was Tiger a long. King, that, I was just like, by then I was kind of burned on it because it was like years of me being like, oh, that fucking guy again, you know, and looking it up and like looking up his songs and listening to him and shit and being like, what the fuck? This no, guy's man. crazy. Well, what's his name? The guy who was doing his documentary. What's his name? Robert Kirkman. There's a documentary on him. I watched a couple years ago because he was this newscaster who was up and coming, made it to the national level, but just kept smoking crack and banging prostitutes. Sweet. But he videotaped his whole life. So his whole downfall was, I think his name is, fuck, man, I think it's Robert Kirkman. I could be wrong. The creator of The Walking Dead? No. <laughs> See, I think that's why I'm getting <laughs> fucked up. But I feel like his name is fucking Kirkman. But that's the guy who Joe Exotic got to film him for his shows and things. So this guy that I watched a documentary about is in Tiger King because that's who was filming for Joe Exotic. Anyway. What did you think of Brad Pitt in this? Isn't that how you picture Brad Pitt dressing all the time anyway? Yeah. I think he gets a bad rap because he's 
you know, he was that pretty boy back in the day, 90s. You, you know, know, something I noticed was uh, Brad Pitt didn't eat anything in this movie. And normally that's his whole acting style is eating stuff on camera. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. But he's always a no-nonsense guy. Okay, except for Burn After Reading. Then I love Burn and After Bullet Reading. And Bullet Train. That looks fucking great. Yeah. I wasn't that excited about it, but, you know, I went and saw quite a few movies lately. Bodies, bodies, bodies as well. A lot of press on that one. Yeah. It's on everything. We got a lot of, we'll, we'll do some some mini episodes about some of the stuff coming out because we're, we're pumped and we can't just only troll the, the bottom feeders. The streamers. <laughs> Where's my next found footage horror, guys? But that The conversation with Brad Pitt was another one that, like, I was like, this is what this whole movie is about. Is This guy doesn't get it. He doesn't get how in serious over his head, this is. In over his head. And everybody warns him. Is Everybody, it, but that's with the cautionary diamond. When he's talking about it, this is a cautionary diamond, and then Brad Pitt tells him when he's taking his money, he's like, "Caution is a, a surety of someone else," and he's like, "A surety," and I was like, "That's fucking way too writery for a movie." <laughs> 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 Which I was like, I, "This was like, I get it if you you don't like this movie or you didn't like this movie, but uh, I really did." But I think it's for different reasons. And while some of them may be pretentious, the reason for liking something is the reason for liking yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, it, to, to each their own. But at the same time... Hang on, i got to turn my light on. I'm going to derail everything. I can't fucking see. I'm getting, I'm getting old. Don't get electrocuted. Try not to. I'll feel awkward. And I think my CPR card is expired. <laughs> we started recording earlier than normal, so it wasn't dark outside yet. Well, yeah. And, oh, traffic is a different animal. On the way to your house at 6.45 and 7.45. Interesting. Just by the way. Fuck. I, I don't leave. I know. <laughs> I'm a shut-in. Well, man, okay, so I'm I'm getting over I this grow cold. more pale every I day. I had a nice glow going. Indoor camo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this movie, I see exactly what you're saying. I feel as if they just, you know, and I think I've said it before about other things. I feel like they missed the mark just enough. I think a lot of things were left in as reverence to... Uh, Cormac McCarthy. This movie, you have to admit, this movie's written by a 70-something-year-old man. That's crazy, dude. This is a nutso fucking story. Crazy shit comes out of that, man. No, I'll give it that. I just... This guy wrote all the pretty horses and fucking some of the most... A book about fucking a dead body. That is a real book he wrote. And then James Franco made a movie out of it. Was that Dead Girl? No. (laughs) I was like, that was not a great horror movie. It's about a redneck who falls in love with a dead body. And when you read the book... Like, that's why James Franco wanted to make a movie out of it, because it's like an unfilmable thing. You know? Doesn't he have a philosophy degree? Uh, he has a creative writing degree. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just sniffled for the first time right into the mic. And <laughs> as most, a lot of creative writing majors, probably has a philosophy minor. He was banging all those college chicks. Not I, surprised the Me Too on that one. I uh, Neither am I. So that's, that's one of those things. He's too. not okay touchy like Jeff Goldblum is. No, he's like uh, uh, purposely creepy touchy. Yeah. Like, I'm going to see if I can get away with that. They hate us because they <laughs> ain't us. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Sorry, Franco. I do love you. I just, that was, that's a bad rap, man. I mean, shouldn't. Yeah. Rosie Perez was in here so quick, but kind of a big part. Rosie Perez. It's good to see her. Billy! She's in The Flight <laughs> Attendant. She's like one of the main characters in The Flight Attendant. Have you seen that? That sh- that series? Yeah, I watched the first one, and then I didn't want to watch the second one. No, I gave it a chance, and then I was I was iffy it was about right. it. I read some reviews. I think Olympia went further than me, possibly, if that was even that one. Kelly liked it a lot. It struck me as like a, a grocery oh. store mystery novel. She did not try that one. I tried it by myself. I just didn't. It was like Nurse Jackie. Not, I didn't, it wasn't yeah, that quite didn't for me. Yeah, with me either. But I do like, what's her name in Nurse Jackie? Oh, fuck me. Uh, Edie Falco. Yeah, Tony Soprano's wife. Yeah. 
<laughs> but when she fucks his car, yes, this is one of my favorite scenes in a movie. I think this I have is all that anybody seen. needs to hear about about this movie, in my opinion, just because is I've he, never seen that done before. Holy fuck! It was so weird, and like the way it happening on camera. And him telling the story like to he's him. He's telling the story, but it's showing you what happened. And I, but I really felt his confusion. Yeah, this is a guy who's got money, loves to party, loves to live it up. And then here he is with his go to chick at the moment. Does she tell him, I'm going to fuck your Ferrari? I'm going to fuck your car. I'm That's, what she, your car. That's what she says. And then she does a full split on his windshield. And when he's like, it was like, like a catfish or like one of those things stuck to the side of the aquarium like <laughs> oh my god a better description there is not and because the, he was and the confusion on his the face look on his face in that scene and when he's telling the story he's still confused because you can tell this character is a character who's put it in everything he can put it in wherever he can put it and then but this has blown him away and i he feel like that's feel why he's it. like he does he's like i don't know if i trust her he's like i don't know she scares me and i think it's because he loves her so much but this is terrifying and he's so confused and he's looking up at this thing happening on the windshield of his car yeah i wish maliko had not fucked my car <laughs> well in the way that you feel about that sex scene at the beginning like yeah you know he he gives he well, this was the other side of the erotic coin for me where i was yeah. like that's fucking weird well and no matter how i feel about this movie fucking props for having the balls to do this uh, and the icing on the cake is <laughs> michael fassbender goes well did she come <laughs> yeah fucking amazing because uh, that's what i was thinking in my head and it made me think of Mallrats, where he's like, Jesus Christ, Gil. Well, you know, they start in the car, and I mean, you know, not so original. It's a Ferrari, so there's a stick shift right there. That was my first thought. I'm like, well, that's been done, but I don't know if I've seen it in a movie. And then she gets out, and I'm like, wait, is I got a Natural Born Killers vibes? Juliette Lewis on the hood yeah. of the Corvette? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, but that that's was a good like a whole comparison, sort of. Next Not, time, don't be this so was, eager. This was next level, though. Yeah, this was way past the Mallory Knox getting banged on the hood by the mechanic. Yeah, and what's he say? It's too gynecological to be sexy? Yes, what, was, what does that even mean? <laughs> he looks so confused, and he's like, why... <laughs> Did you tell me this? And he's like, just forget about it. And he's like, how am I supposed to do it? You know, I don't know. Just forget about and he, it. And uh, just like that felt so confused to me. And it really made me feel like that character. Like he knew something wasn't right. Yeah. But he couldn't let it go. No, the originality there. Nothing. I haven't seen it before. Speechless. Fucking. I, I'm sitting there like, <laughs> can they hear this in the next room? <laughs> fucking awkward hey somebody walks in and cameron diaz is fucking a ferrari windshield well, they're on a golf course that? too right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um the damn things that rich people do man when he's like and i asked her if she you'd ever done that before and she said i've done everything and i believe her <laughs> what the fuck man no man no matter what my thoughts are that was an amazing scene just i've never seen it that was ballsy cameron diaz was you know i'm sure that was a butt double in there maybe not yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, I've never seen that before. You're blown away. Yeah. You're blown away. I think that's the moment where the movie starts to snowball, you know, cause I think it slows down a little bit at the end. I can see what you're saying where this movie was, took its time a lot in the beginning. Well, and one of the underlying messages is greed, just greed all around. Oh yeah, for sure. Everybody's fucking greedy. And then you've got Cameron Diaz. Who's the fucking hunter. Like she's, 
Yeah, but I don't think it's a warning about greed or anything like that necessarily, or even a, a it's a cautionary tale for yeah, sure. But greed is just so big in the movie. And then with Cameron Diaz's character, they didn't need to amplify that. You know, you didn't- they didn't need to amplify it. I am so grateful for this scene. I think this scene did it all. That's why the uh, I did write down the, the confession thing mm-hmm. where she goes she flagrantly goes to the catholic church and fucks with that priest oh who is uh i forget that guy's name but he's in some shit yeah yeah everybody was in something that was a really small role for that guy i thought yeah for God, sure i wish i knew his name yeah i i didn't look up as much stuff about who was in this movie and stuff like that because the script is the star of this movie as far as anything goes which is crazy because the amount of stars in this movie and uh javier bardem watching him and Cameron diaz in this movie make Anything I could say negative about the rest of the movie uh, moot to me because just that, you ain't never going to forget that she fucked that car. No, that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Pull the mic close. That's going to be with me for the rest of my life. The <laughs> you lumbar said you weren't going to lay back. The lumbar gave out. I didn't even realize. Um, but uh, beyond this, it's all spoilers. And I know I've talked about like theme and stuff like that, but where it comes together is after this. So if you're like, I, I have to see this crazy movie where Cameron Diaz fucks a car, go watch it right now. It's on HBO Max. But uh, then the Wireman plan comes in it and you find out that she's doing something when they're watching the guy the and put I, the thing in his helmet. I really did assume it was her from a pretty early on point in the story. I don't think that was hidden in any respect. And I don't think it was supposed to be either, but it was a little flat to me at times. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But uh, I don't think by the end it necessarily was. No. I will say she delivers the last lines of the movie, and I don't think she did the best job she could have. In the restaurant scene? I like the wire thing because I think that's the bolito. You know, he pulls the wire. That's where the wire gets pulled, and it starts to tighten. But then we have the actual Bolito later. You didn't know it was around your neck the whole time. I mean, that reminds me, there's that whole just chance thing. Let's just jump around with the end of the movie since we're getting close. The speech was way too long that the Mexican cartel does. I did think that. The that speech? should have been cut down. It, yeah. it for sure should have been and cut down. And he died in Predator too. How's he even there? <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's in prey we'll find out we'll find out how he did it beforehand but after i don't know time man. travel not a big fan of turquoise jewelry no um, me neither but uh but it brings the diamond speech back around where it's just it like you're, you the world you live will die with you and uh that world won't continue to be here the circle of life thing in a weird sense there was a lot of caution but I felt like he'd said it in every scene. Don't do this, man. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. Well, how would you feel you about the, co- the diamond correlation where it's, you know, at the beginning, all the deep speech about the diamond, what it means. Uh-huh. And then at the end, she's talking about you could sell diamonds, you know. Or see, early in the movie, I thought she was just after that, that she knew that diamond was going to be worth a lot of money. And then I thought Michael Fassbender was maybe going to turn out to be a piece of shit. And he'd hidden his money on his fucking girlfriend's <laughs> finger. And he didn't really care about her. We just wanted that diamond back. No, the relationship and it didn't end up a stand up guy. It, yeah, he really, he really loved her. He just wasn't thinking yeah. because he was thinking with the mind of white businessman. From America, which Brad Pitt tells him early in that scene, real early on, that that's who they want to kill. Who do you think they want to kill? They'll kill your wife. They'll kill your children. They'll feed your dog to your liver. He was at every turn, and he was the focus of the story, yet he wasn't the main character. He just carried the story. Yeah. There was no main character. The main character was greed, like you were saying. Yeah. But so at the same time, I feel like things should have hit harder at certain points in the storyline. I think it's hard to... uh, This movie was... A lot to ask of its audience. Yeah, and I don't always roll with the masses, but on this one, I just have to agree with them. Well, like we said, this is a 50-50 score on IMDb, 
And uh, but the scene where fucking Brad Pitt dies before we get into reviews and stuff like that of the movie <laughs> and and its score, the Bolito in action cutting Brad Pitt's head off. He went through all those emotions the counselor goes through once everything starts to tighten up around him. That was crazy. Yeah, no spraying blood all over everyone. But they in the street. <laughs> they made it obvious though that it something was about to happen. It didn't catch me off guard. Yeah, Natalie Dormer was in there, and that was confusing too. Like in that scene beforehand, where high she... price call girl. Oh, Frank's dying. It's starting to fall apart. <laughs> I've held it together for over an hour, but my my sick like my post sick nasal cavity is starting to crumble. So I'm gonna read two uh, two bad reviews of it, and these are high level because this movie was fucking really Scott movie. So Todd McCarthy of the Hollywood Reporter gave it a negative review. He called it not very likable or gratifying, adding that one is left with a very bleak ending and only slightly less depressing sense of a waste of a lot of talent, both behind and in front of the camera. That gave me a half chub, dude. <laughs> that was like... Well, here, here is uh, Richard Roper gave it a 100 out of 100. Well done. Interesting, huh? Yeah. But I think feel like Richard Roper saw what I saw in it. He said, director Ridley Scott and screenwriter Cormac McCarthy have fashioned a sexy, sometimes violent, literate and richly textured Shakespearean tale of consequences, an irrevocable artifice he makes you work for it but it's worth the work man shakespearean that's giving it a lot of credit i feel like it is though it's a very uh, it's it a, a very like uh macbeth comedy of errors there i don't know man know? richard roper i'm gonna have to check to see if he's a ferrari fan i think i might have found the angle i mean if he is can you fault him for that can you really fault him for that frank is dying again he can't breathe <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i start talking and then all of a sudden i sound like don't worry about it. <laughs> How you do it? <laughs> Danny Lay of BBC Program Film praised it. Also, he said the real star is the script. Wow. Yeah. So that's part of that, like uh, worldwide. <laughs> yeah, he said what this was was a Cormac McCarthy audiobook with visuals made by Ridley Scott, and uh, I would uh, completely agree. But he said movie history is littered, which is why I grabbed this one. Movie history is littered with films we all sneered at and we all laughed and thought were terrible, and critics hated them at the time, and no one wanted to go to them. And then forty years later, we call them masterpieces. So time will fucking tell. Because I watched this movie three times now in my life, and uh, it's gotten better every time I watched it. See, I mean, and at the same time, and not to knock it too bad, but I feel like there's a reason why this movie came out in 2013, and the first time I saw or heard anything about it was when it popped up on HBO Max two weeks ago. See, I, I, I found it because I love Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. And this was uh, right after The Road, I think. I think the same production team originally as mm. The Road, and then Ridley Scott took it over. Well, So you've got writer's wood for him. Oh, I got a big writing boner for that guy. This is, this is the greatest living writer, and he is very, very old, and See, he doesn't so write anything anymore. You might be blinded by the writer's wood. Uh, it's good fucking writing, man. <laughs> Look, you can't hear it, but I can hear it. There's thumping over here. There's definitely thumping of the writer's wood. Don't touch my penis. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I had uh, uh, another bad review of it, but that may have been the only one that I thought was... Concise. No, and I'm just, this is not the worst movie that I've seen. I just, I wasn't a fan. I, I, I get why you weren't a fan. I, but I, I'd say that if you're you're looking for a movie that is challenging, that then I would recommend it to you a little bit. See, I if I you if you like that sort of, uh, uh, this wasn't supposed to be a thriller. 
I don't think it was. No. You know? The depth, the depth is lacking. I, We're at the shallow end of the pool here. I don't think the depth was lacking at all. Like, uh, I, I don't understand what you mean by the depth was lacking. Like, what is not just simple, I the think amount of... We just talked about how every scene has to do with the other scenes and the overall point of the so movie. But they're so loose. And I'm not saying, like, I need it explained Oh, to yeah, me. they were. But they, they, felt like, they felt like a novel as far as, like, a scene goes. It's not written in a Hollywood screenplay I feel format. like there's daytime TV that's a little deeper than where this was at points. I, I would disagree <laughs> completely. <laughs> Having watched a, a significant amount of Passions, like I can say. See, I was I didn't an get anything children guy, so I was deeper than Passions. I, I want uh, some uh, doll people if I'm going to watch daytime what TV. What was his name, Timmy? Timmy. <laughs> Those fucking Mickey Mouse hands. Uh, again, not the worst. This was No Witches in the Woods. This had a great cast. They all did excellent in their roles, except for Fassbender's accent. This ah. is one that uh, the 50-50 rating, it makes perfect sense to me. But I think it's worth a watch. There's definitely, there are scenes in this movie that are going to stick with you forever. I was real worried about Penelope Cruz, man. As weird as it, I mentioned Traffic and Crash. But did you ever see Sicario? I did. And Sicario, of all the movies you just mentioned, is the only one I thought was really that good you didn't think it was that good? i fucking hated traffic it, traffic bored me to tears well wait so you did think sicario was good but not traffic or crash i thought sicario was great okay i thought crash was a pile of shit and i think that traffic was the in-between of those two well see in traffic and crash we're at the tail end of that memento uh what a, you know that whole fast intersecting storylines the parallels uh -huh. those were at the tail end of that didn't crash win academy awards oh for sure and it didn't deserve shit I don't think it deserved any of that. No, no, no. It was a, it was a pl we went and saw it at the movie theater on a whim. In fact, I want to say that when Crash was winning, that was when I became disenfranchised with watching awards shows. Was where I was like, this is bullshit. Brendan Fraser's last movies, Fraser, Fraser. I mean, Brendan Fraser has a movie coming out in like a month or two. I think it's a Darren Aronofsky movie or something like that. Well, I, I can't he remember. was in the press a lot over the last year and a half because he came out about what happened to him in Hollywood and yeah, why he yeah. was blackballed. Yeah. And so I think he's getting the support that he deserves. He was killing it in the fucking 90s, man. Yeah. And he's in that DC show. Too, on is he the, on HBO? That's Max. good for him. Yeah, yeah. I fucking he was awesome, man. He was one of those guys He's that when dude. I was a kid, you know, outside of Encino, man. What was that one with honors? Oh yeah, I, I really liked with honors. You know, uh -huh. I mean, it was like a good '90s drama. I love Blast from the Past, as problematic <laughs> as it is now. There's so many lines from Blast of the Past I want to say right now, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm really glad that he's getting opportunities. That's amazing. Yeah, see the nasally great. thing. Is coming <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> I fucking can't stop. I made it. I made it over an hour. Yeah, I yeah. Did. You did. You did really good. I powered through this shit, man. So I get, I gave you two options. You never got back to me, but so I just went ahead and wrote. I did. Oh, you did. Check the text. I said TMNT. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, next time we're doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because I thought then. you had said you didn't want to do Thoroughbreds. I I thought it was going to be a little dark after this one. Oh, that maybe we need something lighter. And I haven't seen. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in... Uh, I think I watched it 10 years ago, and oh. I was like, not too bad. So that not was my only drawback. I feel like I watched it 8 to 10 months ago. Really? Yeah, it came on something, and I was like, oh yeah, because I did that one, then Secret of the Ooze. Well, this is also, as long as we've known each other, I don't think we've ever talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but... I watched the shit out of this when I was a we kid. We talked about it a little because we talked about the April O'Neil. April O'Neil has come up a lot, which is kind of why this popped into my head. Well, the to, April O'Neil... It's on the... HBO Max right now, so... Mm -hmm. You know, original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. Secret of the Ooze, the new April O'Neil. Uh, yeah, know. we did talk about Paige Turco and all that. Yeah, and, uh, the 100. Uh, yeah. It's fucking Clark's mom. Yeah. Fuck, 
fuck both I think of we've them. talked about that four times. Now. I get I wanted to like the 100 <laughs> so much. I won't go off on a rant. I really wanted You're to really like it. really stuck on that. I just can't finish it. I've started Kelly started four. it and gave up immediately, and I don't blame her for that either. My hill is season four. I've started season four three times because that's how far we made it. And what I've a- started it three times season four, and I can't get past episode three or four of season three. I mean, four. Sorry. Three, four, five? Couldn't get past episode four, three or four. Eight, 15, of 16, 23, 42. Fucking Clark, <laughs> dude, and Bellamy. Jesus Christ. This is a, the leads in that show are terrible. But yeah, uh, so we're doing Ninja Turtles. Octavia Con Sky Crew. Uh, Cowabunga. <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us for the Last Video Store Clerks podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Last Clerks, Instagram at The Last Video Store Clerks, and you can find Scott at dispatchesfromthepit.com.